Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody, um, so today I'm recording in a public area. Um, this phone starts ringing or... You hear other noise in the background, I apologize. Um, let's go ahead and pray. Lord God, I thank you for another day. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Um, I thank you just for the foundation that you were building in us. I pray that these lessons continue to be helpful, continue to be insightful, um, that they will not only help those to grow stronger in the word who are listening to this, but myself as well. In Jesus' name I pray, thank God, and amen. All right. So, quick review, or try to do a quick review because it's a lot. Um, First lesson we covered was over structure, right? So 66 books in the Bible total, 39 in Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. Um, Both Old Testament and New Testament have three categories. So starting with the Old Testament, we have the first 17 books that are historical. The next five books are poetical. And then the last 17 books in the Old Testament are prophetical. Okay. So the historical books. Okay. So those first 17 books, the first 11, or I'm sorry, not the first 11. 11 of them are primary, and then six are secondary. Okay. But all those. First 17 books of the Bible in the Old Testament are historical. For the New Testament, we have five historical books, which consist of the four Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then the book of Acts. After that, we have the 13 Pauline epistles, right? Those are the letters that were written by Paul, the Apostle Paul. Then we have the last nine which are the general epistles. These are letters that were written by various authors. Okay. So uh, that's a quick review of that. Then we have um, the, what was it? The geography of the Bible, right? So we talked about mainly in the Old Testament, because we're still focused on the Old Testament, uh, mainly talked about the bodies of water and the locations that are pivotal to the history of the Old Testament in the Bible. Okay? So, our eight bodies of water were the Mediterranean Sea, the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River, the Dead Sea, the Nile River, the Twin Rivers, right, the Tigris and the Euphrates, and then finally, our eighth body of water was the Persian Gulf. Then we had uh, seven kind of pivotal locations that were central to the history of the Bible as well. We have the Garden of Eden, right, the place of three names, so Canaan, and then it becomes Israel, and then towards the New Testament, it becomes Palestine, or Palestine. I'm still not sure which pronunciation is correct. I'm going to have to look that up, but they have three names. Then 
we have, oh, man, I'm going blank. Okay, then we have Jerusalem. <laughs> all right, we have Jerusalem. Then we have Egypt, right? And then after that was all the conquering, right? So Assyria, then Babylonia, and then finally Persia. Okay, so we have our seven locations and our eight bodies of water. Now, today we are going to be looking uh, into kind of like the framework, more or less, of the historical books. Um, one thing I will note that I like about uh, this particular book that I'm coming from with these lessons is that um, Max Anders kind of takes his time in setting up that foundation, making sure that you have a clear understanding of everything before just moving on. A lot of times I think we just kind of jump into stuff and it's like, oh, I'll, I'll figure it out as I go. But again, you know, if you're in a car with somebody and they don't, they can't tell the gas pedal from the brake, they don't know how to operate the vehicle, and they're like, oh, I'll just figure it out as I go. That's not somebody you want to be riding with, okay? Um, it's a dangerous thing. And so spiritually, we need to also make sure that we don't just jump into stuff, uh, that we're taking the time to do as the Word said, to get an understanding and everything. Um, and also that, you know, we're really grasping as much as we possibly can. So baby steps, more or less. Uh, when I went to do this lesson, I really thought, like, oh, yeah, we okay, it's about it. We're going into the book. No. <laughs> so this is the framework, right, kind of like the setup, kind of putting everything together for the historical books of the Old Testament. Okay? So we're still kind of taking our time. Now, one thing that Anders points out is that there are 12 main eras in the Bible, historically speaking, right? We're looking at the historical context of the Bible. There are 12 main eras. But because he's, you know, we're taking our time through this, we're only going to be looking at the Old Testament for right now. So the Old Testament has nine main eras. The other three, of course, are the New Testament, right? So the nine main eras of the Old Testament, we start with creation. It is when everything began, right? So the creation era is the creation of man, the world, um, and early events. Okay, so just a short summary, but early events that are going on. Then we have the Patriarch Era. This is the birth of the Hebrew people through a family of patriarchs. So, you know, the first patriarch was Abraham, but there's a family of them. And it covers a period of about 200 years. Then after that is the Exodus Era. And this is the Exodus of the Hebrew people um, leaving Egypt as they are delivered out of 400 years of slavery, okay? Next is the conquest era. So this is when the people come in and they take the promised land, okay? So coming back from Egypt and they take the promised land. Then we have the judges era, which is during this time, 400 years of rule by rulers called judges. So Israel is governed by rulers called 
judges during this area. Uh, they don't have a king yet. Now, that being said, the next era is the kingdom era. So this is another 400 years. And during this time, Israel is now a monarchy. They're, or they're a nation that's ruled by a monarchy during this time. But after that comes the exile era. So for 77 years, Israel's leaders are in exile. Um, they are conquered by foreign countries. So um, I'm sure we'll kind of get more into that. But basically, this is the time period where Israel was just cut up so bad that finally God was like, you know what? Okay, y'all thought I was playing with y'all. <laughs> I told you it was going to happen if you disobey me. Now I'm going to have to, you know, I'm letting these people come in. So people came in and they were taken over um, by various governments, various rule. Okay, so they get conquered a lot. Remember, we had Assyria, and then after Assyria conquered them, we had Babylonia. Then after Babylonia conquered them, then came the Persian, uh, Persian rule. Okay, so let's go over it again. We're still not done right, but. We got to make sure we got it all together. So we have the creation era. We have Exodus, then conquest, judges, kingdom, exile, and then we have our last two eras, main eras of the Old Testament. There's nine in total. We have the return era. This is when uh, the Jews are allowed to go back to Jerusalem. They rebuild the city. Uh, they're allowed to have temple worship again. And then we have the silence era. And this is about the final 400 years between the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament. Um, and the Pharisees are they're like the religious leaders of, of this time. Okay. Now, each era has a key figure. So... Now we're going to kind of look at our key figures. I kind of mentioned uh, a couple of them, right? So for the creation era, our key figure is Adam. He's the first man that God created. Okay, so we have Adam. Then for our patriarch era, we have Abraham. Abraham is the first patriarch, right? Uh, God promises him, I'll make you a father of many nations. Okay, he, it started with Abraham, so it begins with him. He's the first patriarch. Then we have uh, the Exodus era, and our key figure here is Moses. He is the leader of the Exodus, right? He leads God's people. God chose him right, to lead his people out of Egypt. But remember, he didn't uh, get to go to the promised land. Joshua ends up picking up the mantle. So then for the next era, the conquest era, Joshua is our key figure here, and he is the leader of Israel's army. So he's leading them. He was the one leading them into battle and to the promised land. Now, for the judges era, we have Samson. And he's just known, or as he's noted here, he's as the most famous judge. Okay. So Samson 
most famous judge. He's part of the judges era. He's a key figure in that era. Then we have the kingdom era, and the key figure for that is David. So he's the most well-known Israelite king, King David. Then we have uh, the exile era. So this is during the time that they're in Babylon or Babylonia, and they've been conquered, right? And Daniel is a key figure in the exile era. He's known as a major exilic prophet. Okay? He's a major prophet during this this era. He's one of the major uh, prophets. So Daniel is a key figure here. For the return era, Ezra, the prophet Ezra, is the key figure, and he is known as the central return prophet. And finally, as I said before, uh, during the silence era, we have the Pharisees, and they're basically the religious leaders of this era, of this period. So, one more time. We have the creation era, Adam is our key figure. We have the patriarch era, Abraham. The Exodus era, Moses. The conquest era, Joshua. The judges era, Samson. The kingdom era, King David or David. Exile era, Daniel. Return era, Ezra. And then the silence era, which is the Pharisees. All righty. Hope y'all still keep it up with me. Okay. Now, finally, we have um, our main locations for all these happenings in the Old Testament. Okay. It says in the book it lists them as the nine main locations, but technically speaking, um, you only have like those seven key locations that we had from when we talked about the bodies of water, but some of them are used uh, more than once. We also have to remember that River Canaan is the place of three names, so there's that. So these are just the main, it's just think of it as the main locations for where these eras kind of take place. And again, if you have, if you're looking at the, the map in your Bible, where you can see those bodies of water and you kind of point to them, then it's kind of easier to kind of track uh, how that journey went about, right? Um, also remember, okay, that he gave us the state of Texas as like a reference map to, okay, if you go from here to here, from Odessa to Houston, that's like going from, where did he say that was? I think from Israel to Houston, right? Let me double check my notes because I don't want to say the wrong thing. <clears throat> yes, so from like the Persian Gulf to Israel would be like from Houston uh, to Odessa, Texas, which is far. So... <laughs> Um, again, if you know where these locations are in reference to the bodies of water, right, then we can kind of easily see, like, oh, man, that was a long journey. 
or wow, they conquered them from way over there. So you can cement it in your mind. When you can visualize it, it becomes more real to you. You can see it, right? And we know that these are real places. Uh, we can find them on the map. Now, of course, the Garden of Eden, right, that was a little bit harder. But things like Israel, Jerusalem, right, the Persian Gulf, these things still exist. You know, the Nile River, that's still, that's still here. Egypt is still here. So go to your Bible map, the map, the map in your Bible, if you have a Bible. Or you can try, um, if you have a smartphone, you can look it up on maybe Bible Hub or I'm pretty sure you can find like a Google map or something, a biblical map of where these places are and kind of see, like track where they went. Okay. All right. So now we're going to get into our locations for all these eras. Okay. So first one we're talking about is the creation era. This, of course, happened in the Garden of Eden. Right, this is where Adam is created, the first man. Okay, and it's located again near the where the the two twin rivers start to merge together, where they become one. So, Garden of Eden is located somewhere around there, um, and it's also in your Bible. It talks about the rivers that are surrounding the Garden of Eden. I'm not going to tell you where it is because I want you to do your homework. I want you to go find it for yourself. I want you to go read it and study it for yourself so that you know for yourself. It's not just somebody told you that it's in there. You actually know that it is. Okay? So go look that up. But, yes, the Garden of Eden is located near the Twin Rivers, the Tigers and the Euphrates Rivers. And, again, this is the creation era, right? Then we have. Uh, the patriarch era. And the patriarch era, remember Abraham, he's a key figure here, and it takes place in Hanan. So this is before it becomes Israel. But Canaan, okay, Abraham migrates from Ur near Eden and then to Hanan, where he and the other patriarchs, so remember there were other patriarchs after him, right, Father Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, right? Those are the patriarchs. But he's the key figure. So just remember that. He's the first patriarch. So patriarch era takes place in Canaan. I really need some water. I'm so sorry. <laughs> takes place in Canaan. And Abraham migrates here all the way from her. Okay. Until the time of slavery in Egypt. Okay, then we have the Exodus era. So this is when they migrated to Egypt. The children of Israel, they all migrate to Egypt. So this happens during a severe famine. The Israelites migrate to Egypt, and then uh, they are enslaved for 400 years. So again, if you don't, if you're not very familiar with the Bible, um, if you haven't really read that, yeah, just kind of read through there, right? But you'll notice this is toward the end of Genesis, if I remember correctly. But they migrate to Egypt, and then in Exodus, right, is kind of when 
they have a new ruler, and he sees all these Hebrew people, and he's like, you know what? Mm-mm. No, we're not having it. You know what? They, they think they're running stuff over here. We're not having that. He enslaves them. Okay. Um, so, yes. Exile era takes place in Egypt. The Hebrew people are enslaved there. They're, they migrate there. And then eventually, in that same era, right, Moses, he's our key figure, and he leads them out. Okay, God frees them from slavery and leads them to the promised land, which then goes into the conquest era. So Joshua, again, is our key figure. It takes place in Canaan because that is where the promised land is. And, again, he's the leader of Israel's army, leads them into the promised land. Now we have the kingdom era. And, again, this takes place in Canaan. Okay? so. The Israelites live in Canaan uh, under a loose tribal system ruled by judges for the next 400 years. So again, during this time, this is the judges era, right? So, I'm sorry, yes. This is the judges era, not the kingdom era yet. This is the judges era. So we had the conquest era. This is in Canaan. And Joshua, this key figure, he leads them to the promised land. They take over. Then uh, we have the Judges era, where the Israelites are now living in the Promised Land. They're living in Canaan. They have um, they're ruled by judges. They have rulers who are judges. So they don't have a kingdom yet. Then the same place it now becomes Israel, and Israel now has an established monarchy. Okay, and again, the, the name changes. So now it's referred to the national name of Israel. This is where King David, right, is a, a key figure in the kingdom era. Now, so many kings later and a lot of corruption and things going on, then comes the exile era. And this takes place in Babylonia. So remember, we had... Um, who came in first? So first you had the Assyrians, right? So we had Assyria that came in. They took over. Then after the Assyrians came, the Babylonians, and they took over. This particular era, right, this particular era, the exile era, was judgment for national moral corruption. Remember, I know I was paraphrasing a lot, but basically because of their wickedness, because of their stubbornness and just refusal to obey God and to live, you know, for him, God finally had enough. And, you know, he had to kind of let them know, like, yeah, I'm I'm God and I don't play that. And so, as a result, they were invaded, okay? So they were under this rule for 77 years. So they were in exile for 77 years in Babylonia. Then we have the return era. So the return era takes place in Jerusalem. Okay, so they don't go back to Canaan, which is now Israel, right? They don't go back there. They go to Jerusalem. Okay, 
So the, the Israelites were exiled, and remember the exile era, our key figure here is Ezra. I forgot to mention that again for Babylonia, but in the exile era, the key figure again is Daniel. So Daniel is the key figure in the exile era. Okay, now we're in the return era, and the key figure here is Ezra. Remember, he's a central return prophet. The Israelites were exiled. They're allowed to go back and rebuild the city and have temple worship. They are currently under Persian rule during that era, during that time. Then the last one, oh boy, there's a lot today, right? The last one that we have is the silenced era. This also takes place in Jerusalem. And the people um, have Pharisees, and the Pharisees are like the religious leaders of that time. Now, the thing about this particular era is that um, the Persians, right, they had rule, they had dominion over the Israelites for a while. Then it changes to Greece, and then the Romans come in all during that time. This all happens within 400 years. And even though, like, the power kind of keeps changing hands, right? So first you had Persia, then Greece, and then Rome. Israel is still allowed to have worship in Jerusalem without disruption. Kind of like, okay, y'all can have, you know, your temple worship. You can worship your God or whatever. Uh, we're still over you, though. <laughs> That's pretty much what that is. Okay? So, all together, one big thing is all together, okay? We have nine, we have 12 main errors all together in the Bible, okay? We have nine main errors in the Old Testament. We have nine key figures. For each of those eras in the Old Testament, and we now have their locations, and they are the creation era, key figure is Adam, located in Eden. We have the patriarch era, Abraham the city of three names, but at this time, when Abraham is here, it is Canaan, so it's still Canaan. Then we have the Exodus era, and the key figure here is Moses, takes place in Egypt. We have the conquest era, led by Joshua, right? Rua, he's the one over Israel's army. He leads them back to Canaan. Okay, where the promised land is. Then we have the Judges era. Our key figure is Samson. It takes place in Canaan. Remember, they still don't really have a monarchy. Right? The Judges are the rulers. Then we have the Kingdom era. Our key figure here is David. And it now Canaan becomes known as Israel. 
Okay. Then we have the exile era. So all that wickedness going on. Um, God allows them to be conquered by foreign countries. Uh, first the Assyrians and then the Babylonians. Daniel is the key figure here, the prophet Daniel. And this happens for 77 years, right? And we have the return era. So now Persia has come in. Um, they allow the Israelites to go back. They go to Jerusalem. They rebuild the city. They have um, reinstate temple worship again. They're still under Persian rule. And then we have the silence era. So in between that time, you know, those 400 years, this is a 400-year period, but in between that time, you had uh, the Persians, right, then Greece, and then Rome, finally Rome. Um, during this time, it's called the silence era because they were allowed to worship without disruption. The Pharisees are our key figures here. They're the religious leaders. And it's still in Jerusalem, right? So they return to Jerusalem. The last era takes place in Jerusalem, silence era. And that's it for the Old Testament. So, yes. <laughs> um, it's a lot, I would say. I don't know. It, it, it's a lot because there's a lot of new information um, that you didn't know, that maybe you didn't know, right? There's probably at least one person maybe who's listening to this lesson like, oh, I knew all of that, you know. That's cool. Maybe there were some things that you forgot. <laughs> Either way, um, for those kind of like me, you get a lot of new information and you kind of get overwhelmed or you start to panic like, oh my gosh, how am I going to remember all this one step at a time? One, that's what notes are for. You should never, ever not take notes. Like even if you have to record it and go back and listen to it over and over again, you should never, ever not be taking notes. Like I know this is a double negative, but you know, just an emphasis on that. Like, always take notes. I can't remember the saying exactly, but it was somebody, I think an Italian philosopher or scholar, and he says something to the sort of when you pin your words down, right? When you write things down, they can't fly away, <laughs> right? because you're pinning them down to the page. When you just kind of speak it and you're listening, it's like, oh, but they just kind of flutter away. But when you pin them down, now you have something that sticks, right? You can go back. Even if you forget it, you can go back and read it. Even for me, I have to constantly, you know, review over things because it's just the fact that it's like if I expect you all to know it, but I don't, that makes me a hypocrite, <laughs> you know? Um, even within our, our body as a, a church body or just being the church either, period, because we are the church, right? Um, even as saints, you know, and followers of Christ, a lot of us, we put these expectations on people, especially when they first come to God and you want them to know all these things, but you don't know it. You want them to, you know, come to Bible study and, and be attentive right, or when they show up to Sunday service, you know, be ready to, to absorb 
God's presence, you know, and taking a message today, but you don't do it. So it's like, how can you put those expectations on somebody else and then you yourself are not doing it? Now, at the same time, that doesn't mean, oh, well, if I don't even do that myself, you know, I'm not going to put any pressure on them to do it because I don't even do it for me. So, I mean, you know, no, that's trifling. And God can't use trifling saints. I mean, he can use you to make an example out of you, and I don't think you want that. Uh, been there, done that, you don't want that. <laughs> um, we got plenty of people in the Bible who were made into examples. Uh, clearly, Babylonia, we just talked about that, right? 77 years of exile <laughs> made into an example. Like, this is what happens when you disobey, right? When you want to do how you want to do, do you, but you don't want to do this word, right? So, again, it may seem like a lot at first, but take time to just kind of go over it yourself. If you really say that you love them and you really say that your walk is important to you, your faith is important to you, God is important to you, that should be evident. Like that should really, it, it should be there. Not just in your words, in your actions. <laughs> you should have to take that time. So like we, we talked about earlier, right? Yeah, you could skip it. But then, you know, you'll you'll be lacking in something. You'll be lacking in, in certain areas. You'll be weak in certain areas, deficient. And then it's like, uh, I don't know. You don't, you don't want that either, right? Kind of like I said about learning a language. You know, yeah, in Spanish, I could have probably skipped the alphabet, right? But then I would sound like those people who, you know, what they call a gringo, right? You, you're you speaking Spanish, but your accent is so bad because you didn't take the time to learn how they pronounce their letters in that language. Or even with Japanese, yeah, I could skip, you know, two, one or two of those writing systems and be like, well, I don't feel like I really need this until you do. And then you can't really communicate effectively because you don't have all the tools that you need. You didn't take the time to learn the stuff that you needed to learn so now it's going to take you even longer to progress. And it's the same thing with our Bible. It's the same thing with our spiritual walk. Do what you have to do so that you can progress and move forward. Because you really don't want to be spiritually ignorant all your life. You just don't. It's not a good look. Okay. All right, guys. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. I thank you all for uh, tuning in today. And again, I hope you learned something new. I know I did. I miss y'all. <laughs> you know, feel free to send a text message or something. Like, I think it's funny how we all have phones and then we forget we can literally just, like, call each other or send a text message. Like, you don't have to see me, see me. You know, to check on me, right? And vice versa. I forget sometimes, too. But, all right, let's go ahead and pray. <laughs> Um, Lord God, I just thank you once again for the day. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. I thank you for this lesson um, that you're helping to build our understanding of your word so that we can better equip ourselves for the fight. 
um, and that we can be better teachers, better, um, oh, my voice, sorry. We can be better ministers to your people, God. We can be better examples. We can apply this word better in our life. We can go beyond seeing it as just words on a page or a really nice story and it's actual concrete facts, your living words that are active right now. Um, God, I pray that you continue to just cover us all during this pandemic, um, during all the chaos and all the things that are going on right now. God, I know that you, again, are going to get all the glory. I know that we're all going to come through out of this okay. I don't know what your plan is. I don't understand sometimes, but God, I'm trusting you. Even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of all the craziness, God, I trust you. And we just thank you for being who you are. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your love and kindness. We just thank you, God, over and over and over again. In Jesus' name, I pray, thank God, and amen. All right, I'm going to give me some water. (laughs) And y'all have an awesome weekend. Okay, bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.